We're coming to the last one. We've been uh, working on a series uh, called The Best Sermon Ever, which isn't talking about those who are preaching, but talking about someone who preached in the past because Jesus was the best preacher ever, and uh, we are not even close. Um, but we're looking at the last one where, um, where, where we, we bring it all to an end. In a few chapters after Matthew 7, because it's all based out of Matthew 5, 6, and 7, a few chapters after, in chapter 9, you actually see, see Jesus is walking, and as he's walking along the road, he sees someone sat at a tax booth. Someone who's, who's given in uh, to, to the Romans, who's given up, you know, I mean, being a, a Hebrew, and gone over to the enemy, and he's, as he's walking past, he says to this man called Matthew, who wrote the book that we're, we're reading, says to him, come, follow me. And he says, he just left everything on the table and walked away to follow Jesus. A bit later on, it says it's Matthew's having a party with Jesus and all his other tax-collecting buddies and some other people that were uh, not of good reputation. And it says that the, the Pharisees went to Jesus' disciples and said, how come? Your master, your leader, your rabbi is hanging out with such a, a, a crowd like that. And it says that Jesus came out and said, It's not the doctor, so it's not the healthy who need the doctor, but the sick. He has come to seek and save that which is lost. It's like the, the Pharisees are saying, He's picking wrong. He's not picking how he should pick. He's not picking the best of the best. He's picking people that no one would pick. I'm extremely competitive. Um, Even when the kids were little, I didn't want them to win at anything if I was playing. I wanted to win everything. And I am still competitive. And there's people in this world irritate me when they're not competitive like me. You know what I mean? Your husband... I'm not talking to you. I'm, I'm <laughs> um, uh, he is the most lovely, caring Christian. Not you. <laughs> Naomi, sorry. <laughs> I'm speaking to Rosalind. Your husband is so <laughs> lovely, kind, generous, um, encouraging. So when, when we play golf together, every swing he's got something positive to say. I'm sure he gets up in the morning and just looks at you and says, you're just beautiful. He's just that type, isn't he? He's just, of course you're beautiful anyway. I mean, I am. (laughs) But playing golf with him, me and Simon play against him. He's he's just so encouraging where I just want to win. And uh, and it irritates me because he's not playing fair. He's playing nice. You know, I, I hit it into the bushes, and he'll say, oh, that was a great swing. <laughs> if only it had gone the right way. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus was a bit like that. He didn't play it how people expected him to play. He didn't pick how the, the rest of the rabbis picked. He picked people who were ordinary, people who were forgotten, people who were looked down upon, people who were seen as enemies. And he decided that he'd pick these people and he would turn the world upside down. Jesus came for the lost, not the good. He came not for those who, 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 who were religious. He came not for those who were seen as goody-goodies. He came for normal people, people who are mixed up, people who, 
who thought God had rejected them. He came for those who were lost. He came for people like us. When I, often I speak to people about baptism and, and, and say, well, have you thinking about being baptized? And they say, well, I, I'm not ready to be baptized. No, not me. I've got to get my life in order. That's not how it works. It's a simple thing. It's, it's believe and be baptized. It doesn't say believe, get all religious, get good, and then we baptize you. It doesn't work that way. It's that, yes, yes, I am willing to follow Jesus. Jesus came to get those, find those who, who are in a mess. People like us, who find ourselves a bit messed up. I used to uh, speak in different universities, and I'd often, we often got asked about six questions, so I used to prep, prep six questions. But one of the ones they would ask was, um, they'd always ask, is, um, don't all roads point to God? Don't all roads go to, go to God? Isn't sort of like the Muslim God, the God that, that we, you, you follow as well? When the answer is no. It's not. If if, when Jesus was praying in the, the Garden of Gethsemane, if there's another way, then, then you, I mean, I don't really want to do this, but your will be done, not, not mine. Jesus knew what he had to go through to die on that cross. You think there was another way? He would have chosen it, but there wasn't. It was the only way possible. There's no other way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the only way. Ian was telling us last week, um, it's not about being religious. It's about following God, wherever you're at. Um, so we're going to read together. If you've got a Bible, uh, we're in uh, Matthew chapter 7, and uh, we're going to read um, from verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, he is like a foolish man who builds his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Because he taught as one who had authority and not, not as their teachers of the law. Right, hands up. Who has heard that story before? Hands up. Who, is, who even knows a song about that story? Right, hands up. Uh, who's prepared to sing that song? <laughs> we do. We, do, we know this story. We got taught it in Sunday school, didn't we? The wise man built his house upon the rock. You know I mean? we, we know it inside out. It's like, well, why do you have to preach in this one, Steve? We know it. We know what it means. But here's the thing. It's not about head knowledge. It's about, about putting it into practice. Um, someone said to me last week when we were away, he said that the Greeks, it was all about knowledge, what they know. But with the Hebrews, it was all about practical, how you put that into practice. And, and this is the trick to this story, is we got to learn how to put it into practice. My dad used to let me borrow the car 
I mean, when I was a, when I was a teenager, or just, a, just over a teenager, he said, you could borrow the car. Yes, of course you can. And we had this little mini, and it went like the wind. But my dad said, uh, if you want to borrow the car, you've got to learn to change a tire, because it might pop. And so I read the book. I got the, you know, the little manual we get in the glove box. I got that out, and I, and I read what to do when the, when the tire pops, and I thought, I, I, I know what to do. But when that tire popped on the, on the A7, okay, it was a completely different experience for what I got in that book. One is I had to learn where to put that jack. I thought that was obvious, didn't you? You just shove it under the car. If you shove it under the car, you can do a huge amount of damage, as I discovered. <laughs> You've got to learn how to get that tire off. You, it doesn't say how much strength you need. Didn't say that you would need a sledgehammer as well as these tiny things. Uh, and then it, it, when you've got to put it back on and tighten it up, it doesn't say you've got to let down the, down the jack to tighten it up. I tightened up, this wheel was spinning around. And, uh, it's a different experience from what you see in a book to how it actually works. And it's the same when it comes to the Christian life. It's completely different. It's all about foundations. Now, I've got some pictures. Let's see if I can show you these. Um, this is where me and Rachel go on holiday every year. Isn't it pretty? It's just like a little piece of heaven. Um, but on, on, the, on the hillside on that beach is these houses. And you do look and go, one day, one day we won't be in a tent. We'll be in one of those houses, looking out across, hearing the sea. You know what I mean? But uh, Rachel's still going, no, we'll still be in the tent. But, um, but you know, they're built on a rock, and, and they're quite solid. You know what I mean? They, they're going to be there for a long time. And even though the sea comes crashing in, the type of rock that they're on, it's never going to disappear. Unlike the other side of the country, okay, there's a house up here that's circled. So that's, that's uh, in the east side of the country, and, and there they are on the, on the beach. Now, that's more built on sand than it is on rock. I mean, you can see it down here. How, and you can see that the road doesn't end. It obviously went on somewhere else. Um, well, maybe that's just how English people build roads. But, uh, it's, <laughs> but, but if you look at the next picture, so see the way it's circled? Look at this one. That was five years ago. It's not there now, or the house behind, because it has been washed away. The foundations weren't strong enough. How upsetting would that be if you got your lovely house on the seafront for it to disappear? Um, it was in the newspaper, the story about this, because while it was in this state, even though it's away from the, away from the cliff, it had to be knocked down because it was going to disappear, and they didn't want it just to drop into the sea. And so they had to knock it down. And then one after it, a year or two after that. Foundations matter. You know, in, in Jesus' day, when he was teaching on, on, uh, about this story, he was teaching uh, around the Lake of Galilee, up in, up in the hills, and he's, as he's teaching, the people knew what it was like to build by the sea there. Because... Oh, he's, he's starting already. What a lovely sound. <laughs> uh, they know what it was like to build because uh, down by the, the, by the seafront, there was sand. And the sand went down about 10, 12 feet. 
So if you wanted solid foundations, you had to dig quite down to get those, to get those uh, solid foundations. Now, some people didn't bother. They just built on the sand. So when Jesus is talking, people know that experience is true. Some would actually put work in, dig down as far as they could, set their foundations, and from that build their houses. But some, they just built a house there on the front. And it would be fine. It would be fine for years until a storm came. And when the storm came, it would not stand. So Jesus told a story about two people, someone wise and someone foolish. I've got this in Scots, this, the, the, the Bible in Scots. It's great. It talks about the Egypt. <laughs> I was like, that's a great word. And the Egypt who built on the sand. Um, it talks about two men, one wise, one foolish. Both built houses. And it's only when the storm came that you could tell the difference between the houses. Now, Jesus is obviously comparing this to lies. Our, our house is our life. And in Jesus' day, that exactly meant, because if you had a trade, that's where you worked from. You know what I mean? Your, your family would have been in the house. You would have worked downstairs in that house. If you were a carpenter like Jesus, you would have worked from, from the house. If you were um, a butcher, you would have worked from the house. If you were a blacksmith, you would have worked from the house. Whatever your trade was, if you were a fisherman, where do you think they kept things and sold things from? It was all to do with the house. So if the house came crashing down, their lives came crashing down. Everything that mattered to them would go. And it's the same. Same is true that if, if our lives are, are not built on strong foundations, when storms come and hit us, it's, it's not just our faith. It can be the whole lives that get destroyed. And the only way we can ever tell is when the storms of life hit. Now, there's three types of people who get hit by storms. There's, well, those who are going through it now. I mean, life does feel like a storm. You sit here and you smile, don't you? Oh, life's good, life's good, life's good. But inside, you're dying. It's hard. You feel everything's going wrong. There's other people who've just gone through that. And they're just getting over it. And And then there's other people who've got that to come. It's coming. Storms of life always hit us. We're always going through storms. No one gets away with it. I once had a young person who, who, who asked to speak to me, and uh, when I was speaking to her, she said, I, I, think I'm gonna, I think I've given up on my faith. And asked why. She says, oh, my granddad's got cancer. And how could God love, love me and give him cancer? And we talked about it, and we prayed, and we chatted. But she found it really hard that anything would hurt her because she believed in God. It's not how it works. We all face storms. Jesus faced a storm. In that garden, you think that he, he, he wanted to do what he had to do? He had to go through that. Beaten and whipped and put on a cross, left to die, feel like he's been rejected by his friends and by God. He faced a storm. The disciples had the same. They went through storms. You know, not, only one of them didn't die um, for, for their faith. That was uh, John. And John said that he was boiled in oil. And the Romans couldn't seem to figure out how to kill the man. He was, again, uh, uh, um, exiled to Patmos for most of his life. 
All the other disciples were, were killed in some way for their faith. Storms. We all go through storms. Paul. You ever read what Paul writes? That man was just a storm himself, wasn't he? Everywhere he went, there was trouble and uproar. The only guy I know who was getting treated as a god one second and then being stoned to death the next. When he went to, um, was it Derby to preach? And, and, and there they thought, they thought that Paul was, um, Paul was uh, and, and um, Barnabas. So Barnabas they saw as Zeus and Paul was his, his spokesman. So they brought gifts and thinking that the gods are walking amongst us. And he's like, no, no, we're not gods. We, we serve the living God, the God who made the heaven and the earth. We're, we're not gods ourselves. And so the people took offense to this and threw stones at, stones at Paul and, and thought he was dead. But he wasn't dead. He was just badly hurt. And it said that he got up, brushed himself off, and went back into the city. Paul was, was forever being in trouble. It said that he, he was flogged uh, more times than anyone else. He was beaten with rods. He was imprisoned. He was shipwrecked. If you looked at it, you think, it looks like God's got it in for him. But he never let go of God. Always trusted. Whatever this life threw at him, his faith was so strong, he said, I'm, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going. Because God is good. Romans 8, 28. Do, do anyone know what that says? It's one of these verses that we all sort of know, don't we, roughly? Let me read it to you. It says this. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Do we believe that? In all things, God works for the good of us. What about when we lose our job? What about when our, when our marriage breaks down? What about when the person we love dies? What about when all the money goes and we don't know where the next, the next penny's coming from? Do we believe it then? All things. Of course it's true. Of course it's true. Just hard sometimes. And in the hardness, and in the darkness, and when, when life seems to, to be really rough, the secret of our faith is learning where our foundations is and just holding on. Holding on to God. And if God takes everything, then let him take everything. I am not letting go of him. So when it comes to this teaching, it's going back and going through all the things that Jesus has said before. And do we live our lives like that? Even when the storms of life come crashing. Do we learn how to forgive? Are we generous? Learn how to give. Do we, do we fast? Do we know where to store our treasure? Do we know what to do when, when we worry? Do we know what it's like uh, when we're tempted? Do we know what to do when we're, when we're judging? All these things are written there. But they're not just written there for us to know. They're written there for us to do. There's, um, there was a story that really affected me a few years ago because I got to meet the man, a guy called Gordon Wilson. Anyone heard of him? Gordon Wilson, uh, his, him and his daughter Mary were blown up by an IRA bomb at Inniskillen. And he's, if, you, if you listen to the story, when he, when he told us the story of how he lay next to his daughter and he asked, are you okay? And she said, I'm okay. And in a few few. Uh, seconds later, he asked again, are you okay? I'm okay. He asked five times, and the fifth time, she didn't answer. And when they came to get him out, 
and they dug him out of all the rubble. He said, no, not me, get my daughter. But she'd gone. But it wasn't long after that where he stood up and he forgave those who had set that bomb. Why? Because of what he believed. He put into practice what it had said when it says you've got to learn to forgive. And even though something had been taken so precious from him, he learned to forgive. What a lesson that is for us. I get cut up at the junction and I'm looking for vengeance. So we've got to learn to forgive. We've got to learn that we're not ruled in the same ways as the rest of the world. That things doesn't have the same hold over us. We're talking about, you know, I mean, that we should be centered in our community. That we should stand out. That we should be lights in a dark place. And that's what it means. It's to live in such a way that people see us and think, wow, whatever's in his life, I want. However, they, however she lives, I want to live like that. Jesus said, they will know that you're my disciples by the way that you love one another. Half the time, people haven't a clue who we are because we don't live the way he says. We've got to put into practice what we believe. We've got to walk it, talk it. We've got to be the people who are, who are different. And so my challenge to you this week is be different. Shine in a dark place. When people say something discouraging about someone, why not bring out their positives? Why don't you be the person on the golf course? Rather than being competitive, actually has something positive to say about the people he plays with. How about being the people who make a difference? There was um, my next door neighbor used to, was a policeman. And he would always say to me that the people in church were miserable. Why? Because the only person he knew who went to church was the most miserable policeman he came across. And you know, I knew that policeman he was talking about. And I, you know, I knew him as a completely different person. Sometimes you need to shine at work. Sometimes you need to shine in the home. Sometimes you need to shine uh, to your friends. Be the difference. Make the difference. That's what God calls us, even in the times of storm, because that's where our faith gets tested. Let me pray for us. So, Father, I pray. I pray for those who are finding life difficult at this time, those who are, who are going through a storm. I pray. I pray that you help them, that you be close to them. May they know you, even though that life, they feel like life has fallen down around them. May you be their strength, their hope. And, Father, I pray that you help them to stand. Even in the darkness, may, may, they, may they shine their light. And Father, for those of us who come through it or those who are just about to face it, again, I pray that you help us. May we be different. May we think different and live differently. And may you, Father, take the glory for how we live. When people ask what, why we do this, may we talk about you. So bless us. Be with us, I pray, this week. For I ask this in your name. Amen.